0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking to an incredible author by the name of Bethany Nicole. Thank you for joining us today, Bethany. Thank you for having me. So, Bethany, if you could start by telling us a bit about your book, um, what it's about, and just more insight into who you are in general, that would be great. Sure,
1: thank you. Um, So my book is titled Apologies I Never Got, um, and it's dating and relationship horror stories that are phrased as apologies you never got from the people who never gave them to you. Um, So the basic theme of it uh, on the surface level is, you know, just different like dating and relationship horror stories that Um, I've either experienced in my life or friends, family. Um, I also got people to submit their stories, but really the deeper message of the book is learning to accept the apologies that we never get. Um, Because so often in life, we really don't get the apologies that we deserve from people. So it's really learning how to kind of write them ourselves. and learning how to move on and heal without getting that apology and without you know, holding it in our hearts for our entire lifetimes, um, because we really ultimately are responsible for our own healing. And that's really the message that I want my book to kind of, and all of my writing really, to kind of portray that we're in control of this. We're in control of our own journeys and how we handle what happens to us. Um, we definitely don't get to control you know, what happens, but we can control our reaction to it. And that's really kind of the main message of the book. Um, But kind of wrapped in the humor of, you know, dating and relationship stories that have have gone wrong. Um, So that's kind of what the book is about.
0: Right. Um, Because we all want that um, type of closure. So basically you're doing self-closure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Forgiving, just... for the sake of healing and i truly admire that and i also enjoy the fact that it's also a bit humorous because you have to be able to laugh at um situations and try to see it in such a positive way in some sense so yeah, the thing is i don't ask a lot of questions (laughs) that's not my thing um yeah
1: I mean I just I definitely agree with you it's really important I think to find the humor in some of the situations because you know we can get really caught up in the emotional aspect or you know the seriousness of it um but some of these things are just you know they're just so ridiculous you kind of have to laugh and you kind of just have to you know use it as a, a mechanism to move on and take some of the seriousness out of it and you know um, just to kind of put it into perspective a little bit you know because it's not always hilarious when it happens maybe but when you give it a little space and look back on it you can kind of put it into perspective and see you know the humor in it and that it's not so serious and you know it's just kind of now it's a funny story you get to tell your friends and you know you don't have to Carry around this hatred or judgment of that person. You can kind of just let it all go.
0: All right. So, um, obviously your book is about relationships. Um, what inspired you, or is it was there any points? Was there ever a point in your life where, where you were like, oh, I'm just going to write a book? Um, what really initiated that um thought process? Because it's one thing to write a book, but to write a book about relationships is a whole nother um, ballpark yeah
1: absolutely Um, I mean I always had you know kind of a tendency towards writing I always did that um, and loved it but then I kind of as I grew up and went through college I just really didn't know that it was an option for me I didn't see it as um, a career I didn't see it as a path I just kind of saw it as something I was good at and I did and I I utilized in college and things like that Um, And then, you know, the book itself kind of started as an inside joke, um, with friends that, you know, whenever we would have a bad date or relationship, I would say, oh, there's an apology I'll never get. And we would kind of laugh about it. Um, and just kind of started gathering those stories from myself and my friends. And, um, it really just kind of snowballed and I, I wasn't really sure what to do with it. I had all these funny stories and this kind of theme and concept behind it. Um, and at first, I thought, you know, maybe just an Instagram or a blog. And then, you know, as I kind of started, um, my life kind of began changing as far as I started, you know, I left my job, I um, moved to LA, I kind of just began to open my horizons and see that. I had a lot to say about these things and I had a lot of, you know, wisdom and guidance and experience with these relationship situations. Um, I have a history in social work so I could actually see some of the deeper levels of, you know, attachment theory and love languages and and different ways that those played into these apologies. Um, So I really just started writing it as a book and it just seemed to come together really quickly. The apologies, I separated them into categories. Um, So you have categories like 50 worst dates or um, sexual deviance or just different funny little categories. Um, So 50 worst dates would be just really bad first dates or sexual deviance is like funny things that happen in the bedroom, Um, just different things like that. And then I really just started you know, adding kind of the philosophy and social work aspects to that and then my own experience and my friend's experience. Um and then kind of before I knew it, I just had this this book that was finished and, and ready to go. So that kind of is how I led myself into that, I guess.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um you mentioned attachment theories. Um can you um go more into detail about that like what is or what you know of attachment theories because um i heard about that um recently and i was curious as to what that exactly is
1: yeah so it's kind of um there's kind of a short version and then there's kind of you know a long version um so basically, what it's saying is that when we're born, um, biologically, we are programmed to have attachments as you know, kind of a survival mechanism. Um, so you're as a baby, you're generally going to attach to you know your mother or your primary caregivers. Um, so your parents, right? Um, so what attachment theory kind of dives into is. What type of attachment is being formed between your parents or caregivers and you? Um, And so there's basically four different attachment styles, which is what it's all based on. Um, This is kind of the short version. The long version gets into um, why your parents attach to you that way, because that's the the gist of it. It's how your parents are attaching to you, basically. And that's really based on their own past experiences, their own childhood, their own unresolved things that can cause them to create this type of attachment with you. Um, But yeah, so the basic attachment styles um, you have secure, which is um, you were able to access emotional and physical support from your parents. So they were there for you physically with meeting your basic needs and then also emotionally and kind of your higher needs. Um, and then there's the anxious attachment which is um, they were kind of there sometimes or for certain things or just kind of sporadically so you just become very anxiously attached to them Um, and then you have what's called the avoidant one which um, is one that shows up a lot really the ones the two that show up a lot are the anxious and the avoidant attachment styles the avoidant is where pretty much your parent wasn't meeting any of your needs. You just kind of learned not to depend on them um, or even in some instances, if they um, were trying to meet your needs, they were doing it in such a negative way that you almost feared that connection with them because it was detrimental in some way. Um, And then the last one is um, what's called disorganized, but most people don't really um, have that one. That one's pretty, pretty rare. But so the two that really show up are the anxious and the avoidant um, because they tend to interact with each other a lot. Um, they tend to trigger each other a lot. So for example, the anxious really needs that ongoing sense of security from their partner. They wanna know you know, that they're loved and cared for. Um, really, really consistently. And for an avoidant attachment, that's really threatening to them. And they don't like that sense of, of tying down or closeness. And so they tend to back off when that happens, which then triggers the anxious to want to come closer. And so those are kind of the two that um, really go round and round. And you see that a lot in, you know, failing marriages or relationships that get really out of hand, or just, you know, just people who aren't compatible um, you see that a lot with that, and then you know the secure attachment, which is kind of the one we all want to aspire to. Uh, they're the ones who can kind of help mitigate some of the things. So if you're, if I were an attached or an anxious attachment, and I were to get with someone who was a secure attachment, then that would help soothe me as an attachment style because they would have the ability to understand on a deeper level what was going on with me. They wouldn't be threatened by my wanting closeness. They wouldn't be wanting immediate distance. So I would be pretty soothed by that. And then, you know, same thing with an avoidant. If the avoidant started to back off, then the secure would kind of let them do that. And that would calm the avoidant. So it's kind of a whole science biology thing, but for kind of the purposes of relationship stuff, it just kind of shows these patterns that we get into with our partners um and it can be kind of helpful in understanding you know how people are interacting with each other within the relationship so that's kind of the long answer for (laughs) but it's even longer (laughs) really i mean these are that's like literally just scratching the surface of it it goes you know it goes really deep um but yeah so anyway that's kind of the, the gist of it i guess
0: well that is a really good um Short gist of the explanation. Um, do you think, um, based off of what you're telling me about attachment theory, um, do you think that plays more heavily with everything that's going on right now because of the pandemic and the fact that we really can't really physically touch anyone because, well, of the virus?
1: Right. So, yeah, I think it could definitely trigger a lot of the you know, anxious attachment. Um, I think we're just really, you know, in such a time that we've never seen before. So it is really, you know, unusual and interesting to see kind of how everyone is individually reacting to that, how couples are reacting to that. Um, you know, obviously, we're seeing a lot of relationships completely folding right now. You're seeing a lot of breakups and, and things like that because people are literally trapped in their home together 24-7. So, you know, for an avoidant attachment style, that's like, you know, their own version of hell because they're literally just having someone in their face and in their space all the time. Um, so, yeah, I think it can definitely play into what we're seeing now as far as, you know, breakups or people not making it through the pandemic as a couple, um, you know, or... You know it's really shining a light on what kind of attachment styles we are because um also really the avoidance don't have a ton of options right now because you know they are trapped in that and they are really dependent on their partners right now as far as you know if they were to get sick or something like that so it's really shining just a light i think on what we are individually in our own attachment styles and how we handle you know, crisis situations in general, even outside of attachment styles, I think, um, you know, we're really looking at relationships in a completely different light than we've ever been able to. Um, But honestly, I feel like it's not, you know, it's not something that we have to take as a negative thing because, you know, really a lot of, I feel like dating culture prior to the pandemic was really toxic, really shallow really based on not very deep levels of connection um, and i feel like the pandemic is really causing us to take another look at that you know with all these failing relationships we're having to see that yeah these weren't based on anything very deep but you know crises happens and yeah it's usually not worldwide pandemic style i guess but <laughs> um, but life throws a lot of things at you you know people lose jobs people get sick have cancer you know, have infertility issues. I mean, there's just so many times that life asks you to get real and we need to have partners who can get real with us and can understand that concept. And, you know, I don't feel like our dating culture has really set us up for that. And so I think the pandemic is really, once again, shining that light of, you know, you have to connect on deeper levels because this is life, this is reality. This is our new reality And, you know, we're looking at this for a long time and, you know, we need to get real with each other and we need to get real with ourselves. And, you know, it's time to move past some of these shallow connections. It's time to learn how to connect with each other on these deeper levels and what attachment styles we have and and kind of learn how to deal with that.
0: Right. Oh, that is, ah, I'm like choked up here because that's beautifully (laughs) well said. Um... (laughs) How are you being affected um, emotionally, mentally, um, physically by um, the pandemic? Because obviously we have the vaccine and that's great and all, but um, it's still out there and it hasn't really calmed down. So how are you being affected, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like everyone else. Like, I feel like I have good days and bad days with it. I think... You know, I've tried to really get myself on somewhat of a routine. Um, I do work, I'm a financial coach for a nonprofit as kind of my nine to five um, to help kind of bolster with the writing and everything. Um, So I work for a nonprofit and we're, you know, working from home for the most part. So I do try to kind of keep myself on somewhat of a schedule. Um, So whether it's like, you know, working on my writing from this time to this time and then doing a little, it for work from this time to this time. And then, you know, I have, um, thankfully I was going to a meditation studio before this all happened. And so their, um, online platform is great. So I'm able to use that. And then, um, I started working with kind of an at home, um, trainer that does, you know, zoom training and physical stuff. So that's really helped kind of keep me in line with that but I mean again even with all of these kind of like safeguards in place and you know I have therapists and all these things it still is just I think for everybody you know there's good days and then there's just days where it just feels like a lot and you know wondering like okay when is this going to end <laughs> or like there's not a ton of light at the end of the tunnel some days it feels like but um you know as far as it ending and going right back to normal I think it's having to accept when we do come out of this it's a new normal and that's okay but it's just you know one of those things that you have to get used to I guess and kind of realize that that's the way it's going to be
0: right Hmm. I'm thinking of an icebreaker question because this has been an awesome conversation and definitely a different (laughs) approach than what we discussed but I'm enjoying it either way Okay, okay Um, um, and I can go into
1: more of like my personal stuff as well. I don't know what you know what you usually want, but I can definitely do that.
0: Um, you can share whatever you're comfortable with. Um, I mean, I'm like my podcast says, um, it's basically speaking from the heart, but um, I and now maybe I don't emphasize this enough with my guests. Whatever you're comfortable sharing, I'm okay with you sharing because even though I like. I like the idea of being vulnerable, but I guess it might put too much stress on some people, maybe, to be vulnerable in such a broad way. Mm-hmm. So, um, whatever you're comfortable sharing with, you're more than happy to do so. Or I can just say a funny icebreaker <laughs> to, um, keep this fun conversation going.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, up to
0: you. Um well I'll start with a fun icebreaker question and then um you could take it from there um if you could have any superpower that's not riding, I have to take I have to take your awesome superpower away <laughs> if you could have any superpower that is not riding, what would it be? Hmm, I think
1: flying I think I would have to go with flying I think that would be a really cool superpower to just be able to fly around and go wherever you wanted and see everything from that eagle eye perspective. I think that would be really cool.
0: Everyone is going with flying. I guess this (laughs) room miss traveling. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: I think we all just miss traveling and are tired of being locked in our houses. And yeah, I could see that being a popular one right now.
0: I guess I have to share my superpower. Mm, I would have to go with reading people's minds, even though I'm pretty sure some people would find that to be weird. <laughs> I
1: think that'd be a fun one, too. Definitely.
0: There's no stress or anxiety or pressure. You just are automatically know what the other person is thinking. Yeah, definitely. just eases the tension. For sure. So, we did our icebreaker question. Um was there anything you wanted to share more on about your book are you writing another book
1: yeah so it actually has um kind of a sequel coming up as well just because I ended up having so many submissions and so many stories and apologies to write for people um and overflow categories and things like that so yeah it's definitely gonna have a sequel that I've already kind of started very loosely putting together um and it's going to be called apologies I still never got and so that'll have um kind of the overflow category as well but yeah I mean it's definitely I feel like it's got a lot of sister projects and sequels in it um because it is just I think something people relate to a lot because I think for me um you know I kind of phrase it as dating relationships, but obviously we don't get apologies in all aspects of our lives, you know, especially with family, um, with friends, things like that. We all have, you know, kind of things that haunt us from that, I think, or just things we wish our parents had done differently or, or things our, we wish our friends had done or whatever it is. I think we have, you know, those apologies we never got in so many different aspects of our lives. And... You know I would really love to explore it on the family front in a book obviously that would be a lot deeper of work and a lot more you know kind of serious tone of the book um just because that family stuff can really hit and I think for me that was you know writing the book was really cathartic in that I was able to use that with my own family dynamics um You know, my family has a lot of mental health and addictions and just different things um, going on. And so, you know, I really kind of had to learn like, okay, my parents are doing kind of the best they can or they did the best they could. And, you know, there are things I wish they'd done very differently. Um, But at the same time, it's like, I can only do what I can do with that now and learning to let that go and write that apology for myself and move on from it is some of the deepest work I think we can all do. Um, You know, relationships are deep work, family stuff is deep work. Like these are all really important aspects of ourselves that really need examination and really need us to write our own apologies for so that we're not just carrying that stuff around because ultimately, whatever damage our parents have done we don't want to continue with that we want that to stop we don't want that cycle to continue we want to be able to move on with our lives and if we carry it around with us and let it continue to damage us or damage the people around us then you know what have we done we've just hurt our own lives more than anything else so I don't know that's kind of where I see it going at some point but I think you know kind of the lighter versions of introducing people to the concept of it is you know what the first few books will be and then i'm hoping at some point it'll kind of evolve into being able to introduce some of that deeper work
0: wow um yeah i can definitely under um stand um your perspective um and i tell this all on listeners and family and friends as well to not bottle up your emotions because it's a lot un- it's very unhealthy and in a way self-destructive as well um at least on myself personally um and it took me a long while to get out of um, that mindset i find it if you hold your emotions in it leads to feeling a whole lot worse and some people, unfortunately, who do hold those emotions in don't seek help. Um, so it's really, really important to reach out to those around you or have that um, a- apology to apologize or forgive just to forgive or self um, inward reflection of some sort. It's really important because obviously, um, Uh, I lost I lost (laughs) myself on my whole um, spiel there Um, but basically um, it's important to um, not keep your emotions in and that's I think that's the whole purpose of what I was saying
1: yeah I mean definitely I think holding that stuff in is really detrimental to ourselves, you know, Um, and we begin to take that out on the people around us and the people we love and care about. And, you know, that's just not what we want to do because we've already had the original experience, which was probably bad enough. Like, why do we want to continue to live in that pain space and, and create new pain and trauma from it, you know, in our lives now? I mean, I think the goal ultimately is to be able to live our lives in the way that we want to and have it filled with love and happiness and fulfillment. And you can't have that kind of life and have all these angers and, you know, judgments and unfinished business. Like those two just don't really coincide together. And so, you know, a lot of people get really hung up on like, well, why should I forgive them? They did this awful thing. Well, it's not about them, you know, it's about you. And it's about you living the life that you want and that you deserve. And so you're not saying what they've done is okay. Of course, it's not okay. But you're saying it's done. It's over. It is what it is. I'm sure, you know, so-and-so had whatever reason for doing it, whether they were so damaged they did it, whether they couldn't see the damage they were doing. You know, there's some, you know, reasoning, whether it's logical or not, behind it. And so it's just like acknowledging that, that we're all human. We all do things that are cruel or judgmental or selfish. You know, maybe we haven't done that exact thing that that person did, but we've all done things that are in the same spirit of that. You know, whether it's being cruel or being judgmental or just being ignorant and acting out these things, we've all experienced that. So it's trying not necessarily to understand it in a way that you would repeat it but that you can understand it enough to let it go and so just not let it bother you to choose yourself in your life over the past and their problems is basically what i feel like we need to begin doing
0: awesome very well said um as much as i enjoy this conversation which we can have it for here to eternity um (laughs) we have to wrap it up. Is there any final thoughts um, you would like to share? Like where can we find your book? Um, A quote that you find helpful? Any little thing at all before we wrap up here?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So to find more of my writing, uh, my website is www.bethanynicole.com and that's B-E-T-H-A-N-Y-N-I-C-O-L-E.com. And that will link you to all of the um, book stuff on Apologies I Never Got, the Instagram, um, some of my other writing that's all kind of on that website. So that's a good place to go and check everything out.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Bethany, for joining me today. This was a fun conversation, and I'm pretty sure everyone's going to benefit from it.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me
0: awesome and to all my listeners stay safe stay healthy speak up don't be afraid to speak up and until next time